Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Now, today's podcast is all about the vegan diet in general and kind of just our perspective. Now, straight off the back, we are not experts in the field of veganism. Just wanted to say that. I think like this is obviously going to be our most controversial podcast to date. Um, and it's important to know that neither, or either myself or Lucy, do, do not have an agenda like when it comes to either side, when it comes to veganism. Omnivorous, omnivorous. diet, which means you have plants and animal products, which is what myself and Ben both follow. And it is the, it's, it's called the common standard diet, really, yeah. the omnivorous diet, where you have a mixture of both plants and animals. Now, this kind of podcast kind of stemmed as well from someone else we've listened to who is amazing. He's called Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan Podcast definitely listen to and also from the documentary the game changes now this isn't going to be a biased um podcast because we've listened to everything we have our own opinion and we respect everyone's opinion as well which is obviously super important so this is important that we're still still learning a lot about the topic and this is just more so our our views on it what we've learned and we just obviously want to pass the education that we collect along onto other people yeah so so that you're not misinformed by watching fucking TV episodes and documentaries, which are Yeah, false. definitely. Now, when I put on my Instagram story that I had listened to Joe Rogan's podcast about the game changing, changes with Chris Cresser, and I recommended people to watch it just because I thought it was really insightful and just super... It's a super amazing podcast. Me and Ben have both listened to it. It's about yeah. four hours long. It's quite hefty. Um, and I actually got a lot of hate for telling people to listen to this podcast, and it was from people who are following a vegan diet. So it kind of stemmed the topic where we're like, we want to do a podcast on veganism. We think it's great. And it's kind of like, we just want to share what we think. Yeah, I'm not anti-vegan. I'm just pro-meat. I like having meat in my diet. Yeah. Um, and we both do a lot of vegan, vegetarian, different type of programs for our clients, for the guys and girls on the school. Um, I would say like, 50 to 60% of people on the school. I wouldn't say 60%, that's going overboard. 40 to 50% are vegan and vegetarians or pescatarian. We've got, again, no agenda. We just want to explore both sides. And on that note, it's this week that um, I've also just started doing the carnivore diet, which is basically the complete opposite of the vegan diet. Um, And again, this is where it was interesting because this is for me where I was interested in how people react to different diets like so what i plan on doing is doing the carnivore diet for like maybe four maybe to six, just explain what it is as well so i will do understand. doing the carnivore diet for four to six weeks and then i'm going to do um a stint of the vegan diet at some point this year just more so to, for my own uh experiment and test how i feel from from both of the diets i'm not going to stick to either one of them because for me i just it's just not sustainable um, and it's not enjoyable either. I prefer going out for a pint and some chips and stuff at the weekend, which you can't really have. But the carnivore diet is pretty much all you have is animal-based products. So you have all different types of meat, fish, eggs, no veg- vegetables, fruits. No dairy. No dairy, really. You can have cheese or some of them. There's different like types. There's like a foot and tail one, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's pretty much the ins and outs. I've only done it for one day so far. Um, felt fine of it. The only thing I can really note from it is that my appetite was lower 
yeah. than, than usual. Because protein is protein is quite, quite satisfying. Yeah. Um, and keeps you full for longer. It, the interesting thing is though the amount of messages that I've had about it already, and especially from people kicking off about it, which is interesting because it'll. I've mentioned before I'll probably have a go at the vegan diet and it didn't get anywhere near as many messages. So this for me, why it is interesting is that how people try to push their own agenda on other people from a place which is very uneducated and driven by bullshit like they see on the TV or, or yeah. read and stuff that isn't backed by science. And at the same time, everyone is allowed to have their own point. It's like some girl just messaged me this morning on Instagram that I was telling you about before who has jumped down my throat about it. Oh, it's not good for the environment. Yeah, well... Neither is fucking getting in your car and driving to Asda with your fucking stop, taking photos of your Starbucks and then coming home with your plastic <laughs> Asda bags. If we're coming from a standpoint of environmental, then aren't we all doing our part? Isn't me using a reusable cup and walking all the time so I get in my car doing my part to reduce my footprint? So I think when it comes to the environmental part, that's just where it sometimes gets a little bit confusing, but we're going to go to, into that part in a little bit more detail Yeah, shortly. so I just wanted to go through kind of the reasons why veganism is great. Like, it is it is fantastic. And I've tried being vegan myself. I personally didn't continue because I lost too much weight. I'm going to that after. But doing it for the animals, obviously, this is the perfect example of why people do choose to go vegan for the ethical purposes, which is of the utmost respect. Like... Yeah. It is amazing. Um, and obviously the second one is for the for the environment. Again, absolutely amazing if you are doing it for the environment because the vegetarian diet, this is like vegetarian, by the way, not even just the vegan one, it does reduce an individual's carbon footprint in general. But then also, which is never stated, is that even if you switch to a less carbon-intensive meat, it can have a major impact as well. So, for example, replace your beef consumption with chicken for a year to an annual carbon footprint production of 882 pounds of CO2. Now, obviously, that is research, but it's it's missed out on these, these documentaries on Netflix because somebody's still eating meat, even though they've tried to switch it up. It's never mentioned. So I wanted to obviously point that in there as well. Now, in terms of the health benefits... We're not, we don't really understand it as much as we probably could. The thing is, especially when we're looking at the health benefits from both sides, and we're going to say from the side that I'm now following just for the next couple of weeks with the carnivore diet, there's actually no research to say that it is healthy mm. and that the yeah. benefits that are actually backed. So there's still a lot, of, I believe, to be looked at when it comes to the different the different content. health benefits yeah, yeah. the obviously thing we do know is that meat is a lot more nutrient dense than plants and meat contains all of your essential amino acids in their correct forms and obviously plants do but of a lesser form so that's what we do factually know about like the amino acids and the protein content but as ben was saying before the whole um the carbon emissions the environment now Agriculture equates to 9% of greenhouse gas emissions, whereas transportation, a whopping 29%, and electricity, 28%. So, And then obviously you've got industry, which is it makes up the other 22%. And then you've got commercial and residential, which makes up 12%. So agricultural is, when it's broken down into its, its forms, probably the smallest yeah. amount when it comes to methane. 
I think it's methane, yeah, yeah the um, emissions. So obviously everyone, what well, I think is important that everyone does try and do their bit. So some examples that me and Ben, we kind of follow within our lives because mm-hmm. we don't follow a vegan or vegetarian diet and we do want to help in other ways. We try and walk wherever we can um, and car share is a big one for us. So yeah. we both do have a car, but we will always car share. We will never use both cars and drive in a best in-class vehicle. So having an, a pretty good car, obviously it's not doable for everyone, but yeah. um, it does help. And then make sure your car's tyres are properly inflated. Fuel efficiency decreases by 0.3% for each one PSI decrease. Not 100% sure what that means, but and obviously... most people are going to be sitting there scratching their thinking, what the... <laughs> Yeah, but making sure that your tyres are properly inflated. And then in your house, unplug your electronic devices when they're not in use. It's kind of standard. Turn your lights off, turn everything off, take your plugs out, turn your plugs off. Um, and then choose energy efficient lighting. So at my house, I have eco bulbs to save electricity. So these are things that you can do if you don't follow vegan or vegetarian diet. Oh, also reusable coffee cups. Reusable coffee cups yeah. is always These warm. are the little things that I believe, just when it comes to environmental reasons, are easier to implement than a vegan diet. That's the, the, the sole purpose of what you're, you're doing for. And obviously, again, I believe it's great if you're doing a vegan diet and you're doing it for those environmental reasons. But for a lot of people, it's just not doable or it's a lot harder to do than leaving a plug out than to use a reusable cup and, and these little things like walking and, and other stuff that we can get people to do. Um, so I know it is getting more um, variety and stuff when you go out and eat other places, but it's still quite difficult mm-hmm. to solely stick to a vegan diet. And I know a lot of people who do the vegan diet will go on the weekend now I still have like a bit of meat or whatever. And yeah, that's like again, I, But, I, but I, think, I think that is, is still great because I don't think you should put yourself... If you don't want to, black or white. If you're still reducing something, it doesn't need to be a case of um, removal. It can be a case of reduction. That is still going to help. Yeah. And sometimes it's a lot more doable for people. Yeah, completely. It's like, it's like what my sister's doing at the moment. She's completely reduced her meat intake. Even over Christmas, she was having meat alternatives, which had a little bit of turkey on Christmas Day. Yeah. So she's doing amazing. And that's like being flexitarian where you kind of maybe have meat one day a week. Again, absolutely fantastic if you don't just want to go full in and you're maybe not ready to do that. Now, mine and Ben's kind of standpoint is obviously heavily related to training and building muscle and not necessarily bodybuilding because we're not bodybuilders, but training in the gym and wanting to build muscle. Now, nutrition plays a key role in the process of building muscle and muscular development in general. And it's pretty much accepted that for optimal muscle growth, now we are talking optimal, this is where everything would be down to a T and to be perfect essentially, your protein intake should be higher at around 0.7 to 1 gram per pound of body weight. Now not to confuse you, but basically I am 146 pounds in body weight. I would aim for 146 grams of protein. I actually have 170 and I know Ben has a lot higher protein intake as well. And with a, I guess like an omnivorous traditional, most common diet, you do include a lot of animal sources. Um, So you have your meats, your egg and dairy products and things like that. Whereas with a vegan diet, 
it is obviously devoid of all animal products and higher in protein than traditional vegan diets. So this is kind of where it gets a little bit more complicated when it comes to the protein intake, the amino acids, the right ratios and everything like that. So if you are eating animal products, this is everything. So it's meat, fish, eggs, dairy. I actually don't have milk, (laughs) but um, dairy, um, eggs or whatever it is, you're going to be doing pretty well with your protein intake. However, if you don't eat animal foods, getting all the protein and the essential amino acids in your body is a bit more challenging. So like Ben said before, you just need to be more aware. You need to know that if you are looking to build muscle, if you're in the gym, even if you're looking to lose body fat and build muscle, it is harder to eat fewer calories and get all your protein in if you are following a vegan and vegetarian diet. So you just have to be more aware and understand I think it's obviously why. the amount of calories you have to consume in order to hit a certain gram of protein when you're on a vegan diet, which obviously makes it more difficult. Yeah. Um, it goes back to that example that we listened to on the Joe Rogan podcast where he was talking about, um, I think the game changers may have made the comparison between having like a piece of chicken or something oh, it was the, and it was having the a peanut, steak and beef, peanut, and butter. peanut butter body. And they were saying in, in terms of ratios, I can't remember how they made the comparison. It was 200 calories worth of beef, like a yeah. beef steak, because it's amazing. Oh, it was just basically saying you could get the you same... 600 calories of peanut butter. It was just saying, basically, that you could get the same amount from a peanut butter sandwich. What I didn't say was that you need six of them, or you need to put in that peanut butter sandwich, like 600 grams of peanut butter, which, unless you are an absolute fucking peanut butter animal, and you have pints of water available to you for dry mouth, then you're not going to get through very easily. Yeah, you've you've got things, obviously, tofu, legumes, quinoa can help meet your protein needs to maximise muscle gain and things like that. But you need to eat a hell of a lot. (laughs) You need to eat a lot of those sort of foods to increase your protein intake. Now, as we said before, loads of our clients are vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, things like that. And there are a few things that you can take on board, I guess like positive steps to take on board when wanting to build muscle. Now, the first one is if you are vegan or vegetarian, it can increase your risk of nutrient deficiencies. So when you don't have animal products, your intake of various essential nutrients is actually reduced. Now, this can be things like calcium, omega-3, iron, zinc, Uh, vitamins b12 and d so you will more than likely have to supplement with those products and a really important one from the joe rogan podcast was the vitamin b12 where actually james who wrote the game changers documentary when talking about b12 and the animals are actually given vitamin b12 and then we eat um, meat so that's how we have b12 from animals it's not just kind of within the animals in all circumstances but if you are vegan or vegetarian you don't really get vitamin b12 so that would just be somewhere where you need to supplement same with like omega-3 if fish oil you wouldn't take if you're vegan or vegetarian so you just supplement obviously that's the main point of that one you just need to supplement accordingly obviously protein shakes vegan protein shakes as well are ideal 
but you don't really want to get too much of your daily calories, your protein intake from a protein shake, realistically. Yeah, and the thing that people need to remember with obviously protein shakes is that it's pretty much pasteurised milk. You're not going to be a bodybuilder because you have a protein shake or it's not a steroid cocktail to where you're going to blow up. It's just increasing your protein intake via an option which is a lot easier to get in and you don't look as, like, as much of a knob when you're walking around with a chicken breast and a piece of foil uh, in the office. So getting supplementation in sometimes here and there is ideal. It's kind of essential if you're vegan or vegetarian, isn't it? I even, as well. We also even use we, them we do as, well. on, um, as eating animal-based products go, we still use protein. We just try and get most of it from foods but there's going to be cases especially i tend to find that a lot of females struggle to get the protein intake up having a protein bar having a protein shake is absolutely fine in order to get them off yeah definitely and like what ben said before now if you're looking to lose weight it can be quite hard as well on a vegan diet because the the examples of foods that are high in protein you have quinoa legumes um, beans, pulses, um, fake meat kind of options, but you have to eat a lot of quantities of these foods, so it can be harder to stay in a calorie deficit whilst also reaching your protein target, which is obviously why we, as coaches, do say to our clients, we would suggest having a protein shake, kind of protein, having a protein bar as. Ben said, not that, but I don't think there's anything wrong with those either, because I know a lot of people are scared of protein shakes in any form, no matter if they're vegan or vegetarian. The thing is, with any of this that we've been talking about, it's all got to be taken into perspective. If you're the type of person who goes, oh, I'm not having a protein shake, I'm not having a protein bar, it's got blah, blah, blah in it. Well, but you're all right when at the weekend you're having triple vodka Red Bulls, Mm -hmm. consuming a shitload of sugar and another crap, and then the next day, not eating all day, or then going into all those saturated fats and KFC. Like, it's got to be put into perspective. You can't you can't be arguing the point of, oh, you shouldn't be having supplements or you shouldn't be doing this and that, but then you're completely over the spectrum when it comes to regards to, to other things. So it's all got to be in perspective, I believe. Yeah, and just what you said before <laughs> we actually even started the podcast was about the reasoning why you actually have to reduce your glucose intake yeah so the just following on from the start of the podcast when i was talking about the carnivore diet um and the reasons why i'm doing it i'm just doing it from completely experimental reasons again i don't believe it's sustainable i don't believe it's probably healthy over a long period of time but again i just like to see how it makes me feel i've just recently had blood work done which is going to be interesting the next time i do get done maybe in a couple months time but um, I've always been told that I'm almost pre-diabetic, so I need to lower my glucose levels. Now, one of the benefits of the carnivore diet is that it does help regulate hormones and insulin levels because you then you did not get any spikes from glucose, i.e. sugar and carbohydrates and stuff. So my insulin and hormone levels should be at a level which is a lot more stable throughout this period when I'm on the carnivore diet. Um, so again, this is another reason why I wanted to kind of have a go at the carnivore diet and see what effects it had on my health and on my body. Um, From what which, actually you've... Sorry, go on. Which is funny when people start jumping down your throat when they really don't know the ins and outs of why people are doing particular diets. It's not because 
I want to build more muscle, I want to be leaner, or anything like that. It's more so I want to look at the health implications, the health benefits of, of either side of both the carnivore and the vegan. Both are quite extreme in their own rights, and that's why I believe personally, I always get this one wrong, by the way, so please, what was the word I'm looking for? Omnivorous. Omnivorous diet is the most beneficial of having plant-based and animal-based product within your diet. Yeah, I, my point then was just going to say that a lot of people on Instagram, because it can be very negative sometimes, I experienced a couple of days ago, made me so upset as well, just put, tagging me and putting me on the stories and just calling me a bitch because I'm not vegan. I was like, whoa, that's just that, horrible, that, that, don't that. do that. But the, the thing Ben said there, Ben's doing this for health purposes. So if someone jumps down your back... And you're like, no, I'm not doing it because of health reasons or a medical concern. And it and they've already jumped on your back and been so nasty to, to, to you. I, I, I don't like that. Yeah, I well, for, for, me, for nice. me personally, if, I know, again, this is probably quite... I know a lot of people do it because of the animal rights, but if it becomes between me, my health, health. Is and my, uh, me dying before an animal dying, and I'm obviously... To violence, because you want to look after yourself and protect your yeah. own health. So, so so be it. And the other thing, I think you had an an email about it today, and it was something. Oh it was, God, it was stupid, stupid comparison. Um, was well, if you couldn't kill the animal yourself, then you shouldn't be eating it. No, that's like saying you should. If you want to drive, you should build your own build fucking your own car. car. You pay the manufacturer to build the car. Like that is the purpose of it. So, I mean, that those type of comparisons are just completely ridiculous complete and so far fetched. It's just stupid. And I believe that is the reason why sometimes veganism gets this bit of stigma or a bad name when it shouldn't. Because you get people who are so jacked up about it, they start spouting uneducated shit, which isn't backed up by science, that they just warped into their mm-hmm. own interpretation of it. And it almost gets as strong as like um, religion. And it, it gets pushed yeah. down people's throats and people don't like it. And it creates, not well, religion not only creates war, but I, I believe it just creates divide. Yeah, it does. It's just, in general, like I said, it is not a nice thing to do. I would never push what I believe. And a lot of it is factual yeah. and research of eating meat. I would never push that down someone's throat, ever, no matter what I I think. And I'd especially not do it to someone who is vegan because I just wouldn't be like, oh, I eat meat. I'm like, oh, like, love, love that you're vegan. Why are you vegan? Yeah. And well, then you do then you end the conversation. That's why I always say to people as well, like your health and fitness journey is like a toolbox. You try stuff, you experiment with stuff, you find stuff that works for you, maybe modify it, throw away the stuff that doesn't work. And that's mm-hmm. why whenever I'm doing stuff and I'll try both both sides and different diets um over the next year, I would never say to anyone, you should do this or you should do that. It's completely down to Each the indi- indi- individual and you shouldn't be pushing that on other people. I think it's great that there's people who are trying to better educate people and, and find out the facts and then spreading the good word. But, again, you can't... Just be careful. Yeah, 100%. Well, I feel like that brings us to the end of... It was probably one of our longer podcasts and we probably, we probably could have gone on... Vegan. <coughs> vegan. I think um, we could have gone a, a lot longer there as well. On that note, by the way, there is... Well, there hasn't been as lately, like I've talked before, with options with vegans, supplements, which are great or they pretty much taste like shit mm. but more recently it's been developing within vegan supplements yeah. especially from both companies that me and lucy work with Definitely. which is usn and bull powders i've tried um 
both and it tastes great. US Energy come out with a new vegan protein, which I tasted when I was at the HQ the other week. It tastes like Angel Delight. Yeah. It's one of the nice things I tasted. Um, you take some of the powder vegan I bars. Vegan, I have a vegan shake, don't yeah. I? I have the vegan blend. So band. I think there's there's loads of changes. It's great that they're developing that for it to be a more, more satisfying, accessible. satisfying yeah. product as well. Um, just to just to finish us off on that note, if people are ever looking to get certain vegan products or supplements that want to, they want to taste like normal food or yeah. taste like one hundred percent. And on our coaching school, www.mycoachschool.com, there are loads of vegan and vegetarian, dairy-free, pescatarian yeah. dishes on there as well. So definitely make sure that you check that out and enjoy some yummy food. As part of that, you can request a nutrition program on the My Coach School. Um, by all when we do programs vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever. Like Obviously, we always try and cater to the individual and what that individual's needs are and what their preferences are. So that's why we we have no agenda. We just want people to We're do neutral. what they enjoy doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so make sure that you um, share the podcast on Facebook, Instagram story, Instagram, Snapchat, people still use that. I keep, this is a big one, keep smashing the challenge. I see so many people yeah. posting. It's now day nine of the MCS challenge and it's great to see so many people jumping on board this one before we've been our busiest eight week challenge yet I do apologize if you missed out and didn't get on the enroll on this one the next enrollment will be huge <laughs> <laughs> it'll be in March and we'll probably give you a bit more of an idea where the next one will be during the podcast as we try and churn out more over this next couple of weeks yeah so we will catch you soon guys bye okay.